You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Very good, Keith. From the AfterBuzz studios in Los Angeles, California, presented by Maria Menounos and Bing.com, and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies, it's AfterBuzz TV's Californication After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. If you'd like to buzz in on tonight's show, you can buzz us at 424-256-1729. That's 424-256-1729. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Californication After Show. Thank you for doing, and we're here to do another Californication Season 6, Episode 5, Rock in a Hard Place. place. I am your host, Phil Svitek, joined alongside by Stephen Lemieux. Say hi. Hello! Welcome, everybody. It's been a great, great episode. Motherfucker! Motherfucker! Hey, I say motherfucker just like that. No, I say motherfucker just like that, motherfucker. That's not how you say it. I know, yeah, fuck you. All right, Runkle fired from UTC. In a big way. In a big way. Obviously, the aftermath of him not giving Blumpkins to his number one client. Hey, blowjobs, not Blumpkins. Blumpkin is a respected art of getting a blowjob on the toilet. He wasn't on a toilet. Okay. All right, Phil, get it right. But no, of course, we have a... I don't even know what his boss's name is anymore. Do you know? I don't, actually. I don't think... uh, Maybe we knew, but... I'm going to call him Mr. Mustache Ride. Anyway, he comes into his office and isn't angry at Runkle at all. Starts giving him a back massage, getting a little... Getting his cock in a hard place, you know, his dick in the small of his black, you know. Did I just say black? I meant back. Um, And he tells him to look at Deadline. I love that throwing in those California things that other people outside of California really won't know what they are. And it says that Charlie Runkle is the masturbating agent is fired yet again. Now, by the way, again, it just kind of hits it on the head, but um, I love sex has gotten Runkle in trouble so many times. It's just hysterical to me and it just continues and he'll never learn his lesson. Well, Honestly, he's much happier now in the whole sexual area than he was at the beginning of the series. I mean, at the beginning of the series, he was all about, like, the (laughs) two seconds in, and then the porn star kind of taught him, like, the whole kegel or whatever the exercise is to... No, that's her job, though. That is her job, yeah, but he he knows to tell women to do that now for him because he is a quick trigger, and, you know, he's gotten a lot. He hit the 100. Our, our pal Runkle hit the hunter, and then and he's he's been doing pretty well for himself on that. I mean, I, season one Runkle wouldn't have gotten that chick that got him in so much trouble last episode. No, and uh, what I like about you know the deadline thing, he wasn't as upset over the fact that he he uh, he's not gay. It's the fact that he lost the start client. Oh, well, that's the business mind to do. Yeah. I mean, that is the thing to be pissed about because, I mean, who gives a fuck if he's gay or not? If that's like a star client, they're about to remake, uh, why can't I remember it? What was the movie? Um, I, I wrote it down. I forgot to write it down this episode. They're going to remake it and 
that was going to be millions and millions of dollars in CTK or well, it's not even that. It was just he was he was. I mean, for that movie, yes, but again, he could have just done so many movies. He was, you know, you have in this business, you have star clients. Well, yeah, and that lay the the, the golden egg, and this guy was the golden egg for a lot of different things. Yeah, because so it was Hank, that, and it was you know all these different things. But Hank ain't laying shit. No more. Um, yes. Yeah, so speaking of Hank. Um, I love, you know, I love how Hank, at the end of the day, is a team player for Runkle. All right, we're going to make some money. He is a team player for Runkle. And I mean, even this episode, it's nice how they started it and finished it. Because they start the episode with Hank kind of going through his writer's block montage and not knowing what the hell to do. He has no muse, so he goes to Karen. And Karen's not having any of it, really. She's just like, well, if you need a muse, find somebody else. Like, I thought whiskey's your muse, all that kind of crap. And she kind of drives off. And then by the end of the episode, we close up with Faith kind of back in the picture. But it is good to see that when the money runs out on Hank, Hank runs after the money with his pal Charlie. And Well, it's better than season two, when we had, or uh, season three, rather, when he had to become a teacher. Oh, God. So at least now he's kind of doing something different, which, um, which I love. You know, we've seen multiple times when Karen kind of digs at him and says, hey, you know, why don't you go back to teaching or something like that? Um, but again, you know, uh, so it works hand in hand. Runkle getting fired. It helps. It helps Hank, but Hank is trying to help Runkle. Is it bad that I like this season a lot more because it's not as focused on their daughter? Ironically, I mean, well, A, I would argue, yes, it is, but B... It's focused it's, as her... Right. She's kind of like a third person they're using as an inspiration to Hank more in this season, but other seasons it's been like... The teacher season, it was straight up Becca. Yes. Uh, I mean, last season it was straight up Becca and the boyfriend was a huge storyline. This season I'm glad they're going more into the base characters. We got Stu and Marcy, we got Runkle and Hank, we got Runkle and doing gay stuff and then we got like this new Atticus Fetch storyline so I mean we love Becca but honestly I'm kind of glad we're going back to old roots um so yeah uh going back to Hank they decide to get some money by crawling back to Atticus Fetch and how did they get to Atticus in the first place Stu who set them up with the meeting so they go back to Stu and they want Stu to set them up with a new meeting after spitting in the face of rock and roll, as Stu puts it, and Stu says, okay, I'll make a call, but you got to call Marcy and set me up with Marcy so we can have a meeting because she's still being uh, womanizer bitch mode. Not womanizer, yeah. feminist bitch mode. That's, yeah. that's what she's doing because that Ophelia woman is yeah, I mean, she's haunting the house. I, uh, you know, um, I, I, can't wait to, I can't wait to see who Ophelia ends up screwing in this season. She's, there's multiple connotations on that. Ooh. Which I won't I won't get into, um, but here's you know I just I just hate uh, anytime you get into the extremes right, and here's the thing there, there, there's a feminist and there's Ophelia, and she's more than she's more than a feminist she's a man hater uh, to the extreme yes she is um, and and there know, are people like that out there there is and um, you know unfortunately like kind of. I, Ironically, Marcy parallels Runkle to a degree because as he's kind of, you know, he's going, he's going on his gay journey, right? And obviously he's not gay, but um, you'll, he's discovering things about himself and he only will continue to discover more things about himself um, if I know Runkle. But, you know, but Marcy in that same way is kind of going through her own journey, right? And, it, and feminist is 
you know, kind of uh, denying the opposite sex, kind of like, you know, you can argue that gay is kind of that thing, but don't take my little word for that because I'm going to get hate mail for that. It's but you get what I'm saying. It's weird that she'd take that journey, though, because just because looking at her character, and, I mean, Stu's already, like, whipped to the 10th degree, even when they marry each other, like, he's he's pussy whipped to the ridiculous amount and marcy kind of just sneaks in marries this multi-millionaire has it easy and it can control him with her vagina and now she's going even further down that route to control him to the point of putting his cock in a metal cage like it's luckily it wasn't her idea thank god it wasn't her idea was that uh okay going into that scene real quick skipping ahead but that's the last we see us do this episode anyway um it ends the scene with you hearing a snap and him screaming. Did, like, his cock break the cage or something? Is that what was insinuated? No. No, okay. It's just, it's just again, as he gets hard... It would that, hurt like hell. Yes. Especially when they insinuate that he's got, like, horse dick or some shit. Like, he, ridiculous. Yes. Like, they have, like, what, this three-inch metal cage they toss to him, throw him to it. And then they put on girl por- girl on girl porn. And not then, girl on girl not porn! Not girl on girl porn! Motherfucker! I mean, seriously, that's, that is fucked up. Because honestly, for any guy that is heterosexual, usually girl on girl is like the thing to go to. Unless, usually. You're, unless you're really messed up. Unless you're like one of them homophobes. But no, seriously. No, like, unless, uh, I'm going to borrow something from South Park, unless you've seen porn so many times that you have to see like, I won't even tell you what South Park had to go see. But oh, basically, yeah. you know what I mean? Where you're just desaturated. Or uh, desensitized, desensitized to, yeah. to the whole notion, but obviously he doesn't. He well, even even then, like we see Runkle watching porn all the time. We don't exactly see Stu watching porn, but even then, she turns porn on and then gives him like a really really sexy kiss when he's come here after not having sex for so long. She's already put him on the back burner. Yeah, like that's just mean. But you know, uh, so in turn. It shows a lot about what, who Marcy is, though, right? So, no, she's not being controlled by guys, but now she's being controlled by a crazy woman. So, again, you have the two complete extremes. And, you know, at the end of the day, I don't think she was as controlled by guys as she is now by this crazy feminist. This bitch. Yes. Yes, as I will refer to as this bitch from now on, because Ophelia is kind of a shitty name to have to say all the time. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of like what's going on with Stu and Marcy right now. Uh, there really wasn't much more to that scene other than when the feminist just that bitch makes him feel like a complete asshole like oh a sweater and a bottle of wine's gonna gonna save your marriage yeah good call but but again it's just if i'm to dissect a little bit more okay no it's not gonna save your marriage but it's a it's it's a sign that you care it's a sign exactly forward and no it will okay what do you want him to do this is a 1964 chateau latour all right (laughs) this is a good wine and as people would know that is a good fuck that's like a 300 hundred dollar bottle of wine i'm assuming right now but Seriously, God, I don't know. She just doesn't get it, obviously, because she's never been married, and she's a virgin. She's like a old... Anyway, <laughs> so going back to uh, going back to Chank... Let's get back to Atticus, our boy. To Atticus, Chank, and Runkle. Yeah. Um, that's going to be Charlie and Hank. It's Chank. So we're going to get back to our Chank storyline. I don't think that's going to stick, to be honest. How about, how about Harley? You know, no. like Hank and Charlie? No. How about Chunkle? <laughs> how about no? All right. So, um, again, uh, I love the, the, the part where Hank's being a good friend and he says, hey, come on, you're, you're in the business of new clients. Step up. Oh, 
Yes, of yes. course. So I see you need a new representation. And he's like, what would a fucking suit know about managing a rock band? And that was pretty dead on. But Runkle can manage anything. Runkle can talk his fucking way out of anything if he wanted to. Well, the great thing about Runkle, and, and you know, it's true of all kind of agents, they're just opportunists. And so any chance they get, oh, we should do this, you know, any opportunity that kind of arises. And, and you know, unfortunately, that's what a good agent is. They're they're slimy and skeevy like that. Yeah, and I love how uh, at the beginning Runkle says, uh, I'm a great agent. And then the guy literally says, you are a mediocre subpar agent. And I think the line was, I wouldn't fuck you if I was dying and your batch was the magic potion. <laughs> I love that line. That was a really good one. But, uh, yeah, so Atticus is like, okay, they're thinking about working together. And then he's like, oh, no, we, we've totally mended bridges, mate. But uh, you're not a fan of mine. And I'm a fan of yours. But if you're not a fan of mine, it's, like, it's not like a good working relationship, you know? like i am a fan of yours uh what album did you like uh only hank could get so lucky get so lucky as the name step and fetch it (laughs) and have it be a song i wrote that song 15 minutes while in the shitter mate yeah good good stuff there so apparently he tells him that he needs a pound of peruvian flake bolivian flake no peruvian flake you fucking suit and he needs to find him the 1945 Martin D guitar that his old mate that they went to the funeral for played because it sounded like Jesus ejaculating into the mouth of the angel Gabriel. Great description. By uh, the way, our, I, it, our After Buzz host Anna Koppel walked in right when that line was said. That was pretty funny. I mean, here's the thing. It's, uh, I really, obviously, Atticus Fetch is a huge parody, but, you know, uh, just... For me, that's how all these rockers really are, and they say the most weird stuff. Like, you know, Russell Brand's kind of the most, the one I'm most familiar with, and obviously, Get Him to the Greek is, you know, a movie that he's in and he's parroting kind of himself. But they say weird crap like that. Oh, no, they, they definitely do. I mean, my brother is in a band, uh, Widow, and they tour all over the place. They go to like, they're going to Greece in like three days and stuff, but you hang around with them, you go, I went to Germany with them to, hang out with other bands and there are these uh what was it i can't remember the name of the band right now but seriously the crazy shit that they were saying yeah. like they we had a green room full of beer and the guys were just doing like lines of blowing shit not my brother's band but you know <laughs> same shit it's and they're like half german half english so they're even like mixing shit yeah, yeah. anyway so they need to go find the blow and they need to find the guitar. So first they go to Faith. She's reading Ashby's biography that Hank had written. By the way, Ashby is one of my favorite characters from this series. Good character. And uh, she says that she knows where the guitar is. And it's with a drug dealer because the guy had a pretty big drug problem. By the way, let's really fast. Let's talk about Runkle's amazingness of just staring at tits. Yeah. They are nice tits. It was a, it was a ding-dong tits moment in runkle's life i mean i mean that's Runkle. that's if if i ordered domino's pizza and i heard the doorbell ring and i opened the door and it was tits i'd probably just be like i, mean, I would pull a runkle and i wouldn't complain either i would not even worry about the dominoes he'd have tits everyone a message to all those ladies out there guys love tits Thank you, Stephen. You're welcome. Um, the views expressed here. In- no. Well, by the way, you know, to, to, to make a more serious point, obviously, uh, what, I, what I love about this girl is that she's a pawn in all this. Yeah. With the drug dealer, she's just used for sex. And then what's funny later on, she says, 
Uh, she, she's. I will not sleep with him. This is Shelly, right? Yes. Yeah, Shelly. So Faith is kind of in control of Shelly as her, like, minion. And, of course, like, even with the drug dealer, she's, like, trying to negotiate for the guitar and things. And it's like, oh, and Shelly will give you one hell of a blowjob. It, it, it really reminded me of, like, the Tenacious D movie where he's like, well, what if, what if, I, what if, I, what if you lose... And he's like, then you can take Cage back to hell to be your love bitch. I mean, it's the same kind of like, what? Moment. And uh, so, yeah, she's doing that. And then they try to convince him to give up the guitar. And they're like, but you know, like, that guitar is part of music history, man. Like, it should belong to the world making music. Well, I did start selling Coke so I could be closer to my musician idols. So they end up with the, uh, they end up with the guitar. and Runkle without a suit. Got to got to mention that, and uh, you know, um, a small thing, but a funny thing. You know, uh, Hank and, and the drug dealer did bond. They did, motherfucker, which was, which was nice. Again, I, I love how because of his careless attitude, um, you know, Hank has this ability to make these cursory relationships. People right? either hate him or they hate him and love him. Well, the, the, he he's with with that. A lot of these degenerates, they love Hank. You know, but. <laughs> And and he for the most part he's able to find um, all these different people that that he can lo- that love him, but to really go a step beyond that, the Karens of the world that you know he's never really broken that level, which is I think telling. That is true. Um, so much foreshadowing in what you say. Oh, but well, we yeah. get the guitar. We get we get the blow. He he wants uh, thirty five for the blow. Thirty-five grand, not thirty-five hundred, Runkle. So Runkle gives the tr- give, Runkle gave the suit for the blow, right? Yes. That little tiny bag of blow was like an ounce or something, and they uh, do 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 do. That's when we get that uh, the cock cage scene. But then we go back to Runkle being naked on the couch, and Atticus is basically with just the socks and underwear on, chilling on the couch while they give Atticus the guitar, and he plays it, tunes, and he's like, wow, that really does sound like Jesus ejaculating in someone's mouth. Uh, of course, bringing back to that old line. And he gets pissed off when all they have is that small little bag of cocaine. He picks up this fucking Martin the guitar that they just tried to get, and Faith, this is when Faith actually gets her rebelliousness and tells him that he better cut that shit out. I don't think it's rebelliousness. Well, I like, think it's more just, standing up for... I think, yeah, I think she's more authoritative. You know, we, we've always kind of seen her kind of be passive to a degree, but, uh, you know, she, in many ways, even with Hank, she's in the driver's seat. You know, and, the, and then this is where we've seen that, kind of that come to a forefront. Yeah. Which is nice to see. So he puts the guitar down and then smashes another one of his guitars that wasn't as historic... They find the blow in the guitar case, luckily, and then he's all happy. I love that scene, though. The way the actor played that off when, when they, like, lift up the blow, he's like... Yeah. No, Atticus <laughs> Fetches, he, that actor is phenomenal. We gotta get him on here somehow. We'll try. Do it, Phil. We'll try. We'll, we're working on it. We're working on all the actors. Um, but, yes, no, Atticus, he, he is... The fact that uh, he has such a childlike face and such childlike eagerness about everything and, and the ability to throw a tantrum at any moment over the smallest little detail and then flip that switch back just as soon as the joy comes. That's great. Yeah, and that's, uh, that's rock and roll. 
That's rock and roll. And he, as he walks off, be ready to work bright and early in the afternoon. <laughs> Love it. Um, so then we finish the episode out with uh, Fank and Hank. Faith. Fank. That's going to be their couple name. No, it will not. Fank. All right. Let's talk about this because, you know, if you really think about it, this, is, this is a really important moment. Right. Uh, you have she's talking about you know um, making a mark on the world, doing all these different things, um, you know. And she says to him, you know, it it really comes down to you if you want to be exceptional, you know. And as he said, you, you know, um, she's also kind of describing his work a little bit before this. And he says, you know, I've only had one person, you know, I've only had this kind of once. I've, I wish I had the exact quote, but I don't. Well, he said he said something about like. You you found me irritating before, and then you read my work, and now you find me irritating but interesting, and you like me. That's only happened before once. Like, only That's one like, person has liked his work and found him more interesting after reading his work, as opposed to... Now, who do you think that was? Um, Becca. I'm kidding. It's Karen. <laughs> Thank you, Steve. <laughs> Your face, man. Oh, um, I was about to slap you, if you got that wrong. Motherfucker! Yes. Yes. But, um, you know, that... This whole season, as we've kind of been dissecting, you know, uh, Faith is his new muse, and but where does that leave Karen and, and that relationship? Um, you know, and it's it's developing, and what's going to be fun is um, I'm predicting you're going to see that come to a to a full face off between Karen and Faith, or just no, Hank's, Hank's internal struggle between the two. Here's the thing: it's I don't think it's going to be Faith so much versus versus Karen. Because Karen can't really be mad at Faith, but she can be mad at Hank. Yeah, and she has been for a while, except for... I mean, it, it teetered off at the end of last season, and then this season was the whole rehab thing and everything like that. They had that, they had that like, one day of perfect tranquility in the white picket fence house after Batesy got out of there, and then after that it was all downhill from there because the crazy... Yes. Crazy bitch killed herself. And now, what, what does rehab represent? We've never really dissected this, but, you, you know, obviously I'm not trying to trick you. What does rehab mean? Like the rehabilitation? Yes. Well, it's, it's kind of an interesting writing point because they're rehabilitating Hank's character. I mean, look at him. He's, he's so obsessed with Karen. He's not writing anything. He's not really doing anything. And then they rehabilitate his character to go more towards the writing he finds a new muse he find he's finding a lot of new things he's becoming a new hank to a point and it's just what's going to be crazy is when the old hank and the new hank kind of collide in a struggle of what's going to win over because yeah. you never know if he's going to go with faith or he's going to go with karen or if he's going to actually write this book write this musical and it's going to be good or he's just going to blow it the fuck off and it's going to be just another god hates us all movie you know what um very well put and i think again um it's going to be fun to i you know i it's going to be fun to see hank write this book um because i don't think it's going to come out the way we expect it to well is, is, it, thing, is it a book every, or a musical it's a musical but everything hank's always written has been good when he tries. When, when has he written something... When has he ever written something when he's not trying? He's the, never written The any- Apocalypse Samurai movie he didn't give a shit about. It was terrible. He rewrote it and it was ten times better for that one scene. Okay, yeah, but... It, if he's getting paid just for a paycheck, he fucking is terrible. But right now it's mixing the two. I mean, he's, he's working for a paycheck, but he also has 
the inspiration right now to write. So the paycheck's giving him a motivation to write while he is inspiration, as opposed to the other way around, needing the inspiration so he can get a paycheck. Okay. So, I mean, that's kind of like a good place to be at for a writer, I'd say, having inspiration and getting paid for it. Okay. All right, fair enough. And uh, uh, Faith teasing him because, as she says, it's not going to be as easy as he thought. Well, success never is. There you go. Being That's exceptional true. is never easy. That's true. And honestly, with Hank's repertoire of women, his respect and his his respect for her and the way he views her as a muse would be completely gone if he if she slept with her, him right off the bat. Yeah. Like I think as soon as she sleeps with him, it's not going to have the intrigue. It's not going to have the the cat and mouse game that is keeping him so interested in her. I would agree. Um, well, that's all I have on this episode. What about you, Stephen? Anything else that you'd like to bring up in terms of fun facts? Um, I know you love all the jokes. Fun facts. I just feel sorry for Stu right now. Poor guy. Uh, I think you're going to feel a little bit sorry for Stu later. Ugh. I, uh, I honestly, I like where Runkle is right now. Because with how Runkle is so sex-driven and sex-minded, what is rock and roll? Rock and roll is music, drugs, and sex. It is. And ironically, again, the notion of rehab, it's, you know, uh, again, we never really talked about this, but, uh, you know, now now Runkle questioning his sexuality. Because he did, right? He watched gay porn, he's trying to feel himself, he's hard. Um, he's, he's had sex with 100 women before that, over 100 women, we don't know the exact number, but you're going to see, I think you're going to see a fun change in him. Well, what do you think about even Faith? Like, he meets Faith, who is obviously a intelligent woman in a rehabilitation center. She first met uh, the bass player or the guitarist or whatever from Atticus's band as she was just a groupie and they were all doing drugs together and everything. So now when she's on her feet, he meets her and she's kind of in there for no reason. And maybe that's where she was putting herself to find the next person who she could be, who she could create it. I mean, it could be her plan to have been in that rehab, a celebrity rehab center, to find somebody to make exceptional. Okay, could have been her plan from the start to find somebody, and Hank was just the one. Uh, I'm gonna argue. I'm gonna argue that it was subconscious. I don't think any person would have that conscious level. I don't know. I don't. I don't see that. But I think. I think. I think it's more so a way of the universe and, and, you know, what Californication has kind of all been about is the universe tells you certain things and the universe brings certain people together at certain moments. I think it's more of a of a product of that rather than like her consciously being like, I'm going to go after something. That's, well, I think yeah. she sees these, I think she, she sees certain opportunities and leads her down these things and, and when the door opens, she goes through them, but I don't think she's smart enough to... to connect the dots or have a long-term plan well if there's anything we know here at after buzz is the door can be there but you got to be the one to go through it that's right all right and so let's that, go through predictions Woo! And now, like maracas your after buzz tv predictions. all right steven motherfucker. motherfucker what do you predict um oof let me gather my thoughts for a second i predict that hank probably won't even sleep with fate this season I think Ooh, she, that's a big one. That is a big one. I don't think she's going to give it to him. I think uh, I don't think he's going to sleep with Karen again this season either. I think Stu's probably going to go through some pretty tough shit dealing with those. I would say Ophelia, but I already said that I'd refer to her as that bitch. 
Um, I think Runkle's going to excel at being a rock group manager. Like, it's his calling before he even was an a- agent or anything like that. Okay. Um, I think we'll see a little bit more of Becca with her writing and see how that takes off. Maybe, like, a small award for writing a novel or something like that that brings her to interesting, interesting. light okay. in some spaces. And who am I missing? Marcy, Karen, um, I think Mar- Marcy's going to get to the point where she's so blue ball or blue overread, whatever the hell it is, that she just does something, gets rid of the fucking bitch, goes after Stu. I think Marcy's probably going to fuck Runkle by the end of this season. I can see Runkle and Marcy kind of getting back together a little right. bit. And uh, Karen, I don't know. I don't think, I don't think this season's really going to be based too much on Karen. I think we'll see her in some respect, but I don't think she's going to be one of the main players. Because, I mean, we have six episodes, or five episodes in right now, and she's kind of been very back burner. Alright, here's, here's what I say. I think, um, get ready for, well, with rehab, right, you have rehab. And in rehab, you kind of have to, you have to explore yourself and see your mistakes. So I think we're going to see that in an external way. Um, and I think as the show's kind of progressing, it's in many ways self-referential. And uh, I think you're going to see that next episode. And what's going to be fun is study up on your uh, Almost Famous. Go see that movie if you haven't seen it in a while. Because that airplane scene, um, it's gonna, it, you're going to enjoy it. I, I feel like um, it just reminded me of Almost Famous. And um, that's all I will say about that. Okie doke. Where can so, we find you, Phil? Here at AfterBuzz TV, doing various shows, but we are at AfterBuzz TV on Twitter. In the meantime, Stephen Lemieux, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter at Stephen Lemieux, or you can do me a huge favor and go to Facebook.com slash photo and like my photography page and recommend it to a friend and share that shit. Oh, yeah. And, and uh, you can also find Phil at the Serial Buddies movie. That's right. Yes. SerialBuddies.com. Check it out. It's a funny, funny movie. It's got Christopher Lloyd, Artie Lang, Kathy Lee Gifford, Beth Bears, Maria Menounos, Christopher Lloyd, Christopher McDonald, uh, George Mirasan from My Giant, David Praval, R- Richard Christie from The Howard Stern Show. Heck, the list goes on long. Henry Winkler. SerialBuddies.com. All right. And that's our show. From Bing.com, executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz Buzz you later, later, motherfucker! The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principals.